I was really nervous right when we landed because my mom had told me how like stressful the airport was and I was kind of scared about the impact we were going to make on people and I wanted it to be a good one. I heard about it one Sunday at church. I had turned to my wife and I said, <laughs> you know, this sounds like an awesome opportunity. I've never done a mission trip. I wanted to go see my friends. I mean, I miss talking to them and I miss seeing them and they remembered me when I got there and it was so cool and exciting. These little kids who I hadn't seen in a year were excited to see me. It was kind of the most chaotic part of the trip is getting from the plane onto the bus that takes us to where we're going. So we're like, yeah, you know, here we are. We're really in Haiti. And so now our adventure can begin. I met a lot of good people. They were really kind and nice and they respected us. And I think that they don't have as much as us, but they still have the same heart as us. The kids loved Luke. He might have been the first American boy, as young as he is, that, that they've ever seen. And so pretty soon, once we were there, when they found his name, they would say, Luke! There was a village that we went to, and I just remember this one lady, she was giving them a presentation on proper water care and how to like clean it and how to know which water is not good to drink, which water is good to drink because some of them weren't at all educated on what good water looks like. Where the clean waters come in has made a huge difference in the communities. We've also found that there's just a huge need. There's still so many people, so many villages that don't have clean water. And so when we went to two specific cities or towns that didn't have water, to see how desperate they were and to know that the, the funds that we collected and then put together with Rotary International is going to bring clean water to these communities. It's going to transform their lives. I mean, that's awesome to see how people come together and God changes lives. Our donations as a church will ultimately be able to drill a well and get water to that community on top of that hill. Yeah, the joy that they have is just unbelievable. I mean, we get so upset about the smallest things, but they don't, it doesn't even matter. They're out there playing soccer on rocks with no shoes, and we get mad when we stub our toe walking into something, and we blame God for it. But now I take the little things and just thank God for everything. In a lot of ways, that community is an extension of our family now. The fact that they can smile, it was mind-boggling. Just ama amazing to see. It was a really neat experience, and I was kind of dreading going back because I love being in Haiti with the kids and all. That really has made me think about like what I have now a lot different. I feel like someone should go to Haiti to help out make an impact. No matter how small you think your impact is, like we might have changed a few people's life just by us going over there. I'm beyond happy I went to Haiti. I'm definitely going again this year. And I've made a lot of friends in Haiti and um, I can't wait to see them again. It was a powerful experience for our entire group. We were able to build relationships with those in the community. Words can only describe so much of what we experienced, but I would encourage anyone to take advantage of being able to visit because there's a need. It's like a fun experience and all and you can make some new relationships and how that since you're with your family you're going to feel safer and you can have a lot of fun times and you can do a lot there. I think it's incredibly important that people get on a plane and go to Bayonne because this community feels forgotten being there matters. Not only is it a bonding experience, it's a growth experience. It opens the world up to see that most of the world doesn't live in the same way that we live in America. People are people all over the world and that we can connect with each other.
Good morning, South Park Church. I'm Pastor Kyle Thompson. Glad to see you all here today, or whether you're in person, watching online, or listening to our podcast, we're very excited to have you join us. It's Haiti Sunday, and we're celebrating our relationship uh, with ministry with our brothers and sisters in Haiti, and so glad you're here to be a part of that. I've got two very special guests up here with me this morning. This is Melissa. She is part of our leadership team here at South Park Church, and she is on point for our ministry in Haiti, and so we're glad to have her with us. And this is Ryan. Ryan is new to our church, he and his family. Uh, He's a super guy. You're going to get to know him better today, and you're going to be glad for that. Uh, He's also married to Pastor Lindsay, so uh, we're very excited to have their family here today, uh, and in general, of course. Uh, I've asked uh, Ryan to kind of... um, uh, lead us today. Uh, he's, a, he's your representative. Uh, he represents the congregation, those of you watching, listening on, online. Uh, Melissa and I have been to Haiti, uh, and Ryan is going to ask us about our experiences uh, to try and draw some things out to help us all be on the same page, uh, and to help us also figure out how all of us can be a part of the ministry in Haiti, whether or not we make a trip there. So uh, thank you both for being here, and Ryan, I'll just invite you to get us started. Yeah, I may be your representative, but I realize nobody voted for me, so... <laughs> So I hope this still goes well. Um, I, if you don't know me, one of my favorite things to do is sit and have conversations with my friends. I feel like Melissa's a new friend. Pastor Colin and I have been friends. I wish I brought coffee because this could have been more like my normal life. I wish I could have brought coffee and shared it with you because really, this is a big conversation. I want to represent you in some of these questions and have this conversation. But this is a room full of friends and a community full of friends. And so I'm really happy to be having this conversation and having everybody be included Um, If you've been with us at South Park over the last several weeks, we've gone through this art of neighboring Pastor Kyle has gone through. And a few weeks ago, he he challenged us to make a list and put it on our fridge of all our nearby neighbors. So we did that. And then he challenged us to spend an hour in our front yards and sort of be available for neighbors. And we did that. And now we're talking about getting on a bus and taking an international trip to Haiti. Who's excited? Who's with me? Okay, so we're not quite there. But part part of what we have to ask, right... This is the next step, this is something else, but boy, we're a little, little afraid to show up next week, right? What might happen? Um, so this is a little bit of a progression, but, but let's talk about Haiti. Just, just to get us started, where is Haiti? Uh, you know, what do we need to know about this place? Yeah, that's great, Ryan, uh, a great place to start. So really, Haiti is 700, 700 miles south of Miami, Florida. We've got a map we can show up on the screen there. It's an island in the Caribbean, uh, so flying in, you go over this blue water, you know, you land on this island, we've got some pictures of, of the rural parts of that, just, you know, just what you would think of a Caribbean island, Caribbean island. And, and then we get there, and there's also the, this urban feel to it, so there's, there's kind of a mix, but again, 700 miles south of Florida, so they're like, they're our neighbors. Uh, and in Haiti, people speak French or Creole, they used to be a, a colony of France uh, until they were liberated, and so they've been doing it on their own ever since then, and uh, you know, the challenge for some of the people, well, most all the people in Haiti, is just a lot of material poverty. And so uh, about half the people in Haiti live off of about $2.50 or less a day, so that they're living off like $900 uh, a year. And so that's obviously challenging. Uh, only about 20% of them receive like utilities, like electricity, so the rest of the country has to operate on generators using diesel fuel, that sort of a thing. So there's, there's just a, a lot of poverty. Only about 10% of people who live in Haiti are officially employed by an official job. There's lots of other side kind of jobs going on. So just there's a, there's a lot of material need. Uh, but the people there, just amazingly awesome, wonderful, warm hearts, uh, and very welcoming. 
And so this is, this is a nearby neighbor, neighboring country, really. And so it is sort of an extension of going somewhere nearby. But there are lots of places that have need, and we know that. So how is it that, that we at South Park have picked Haiti and chosen those people to serve? Well, let me answer it a couple of ways. Let me maybe talk from the Bible, biblical perspective, and then maybe like a logistical thing. And then I'd love for Melissa to kind of weigh in on just like the personal side of that. So... As Christians, you know, looking in the Bible, I think there's three passages of Scripture I want the congregation to share, and you guys can see that. I'm going to kind of paraphrase today, but the first, we've been looking at the last three weeks where Jesus is asked a question in Matthew's Gospel, which is the most important law in the Bible? Like there's 613 in the Old, Old Testament that, that the people of Israel followed, and he says, I'll, I'll cut it down for you. There's two, love God with all that you have. And then love your neighbor as yourself, which we, we, we spent a lot of time over the last month talking about our neighbors who live around us, which are so important. Uh, and, and we start there. But Jesus also defined a neighbor as anybody who's in need, even if they're 700 miles south of Florida, that we think that that's a need. Jesus also says in Matthew's gospel that when the end of time comes and we all stand before God and, and we're going to be judged, that he's going to say to some of us, like, well done. Like, thanks for taking care of me. And we're going to have like this question, well, Jesus, when did we see you and take care of you? And he says, whatever you did for the least of these among you, you've done to me. So whenever we, we minister to someone in South Park or someone in Charlotte, North Carolina, or all the way to Haiti, we're ministering to Jesus as well. And then finally, in the book of Acts, right before Jesus ascends into heaven, he's, he's resurrected, he's come back to life after he's been crucified, he's, he's with his disciples for the very last time. He's getting ready to like do an air Jesus, like jumping up right on the cloud. Going up in the sky, his last words are to his disciples. He's like, I want you to make disciples of everybody. You start in Jerusalem where you, where you live right now. Go out to Judea. That's like the state. You know, we live in Charlotte and go out to North Carolina. Go to the Samaritans. Those are people who are different, like different color, different uh, ethnicity, different age, different income level. And then take it to the ends of the world. Right? So if we, if we believe what Jesus says is literal, that we're supposed to have love our neighbors as ourselves, starting in South Park, but extending to the world. So, so that's our biblical background. Now, how do we get involved with Haiti? For a while, our church was involved in, in overseas missions to Central and South America, and we did some really good work there. And think about ministries and churches, sometimes they're seasonal. So We'll be excited and, and just connect for a while, but, but then that season goes, and, and, we, and God leads us to something else. So I want to go in a snipe so I can go to the beach. Okay, we there's a beach season. in Haiti. Yes, okay. yes there, there are beaches there. So uh, I like beaches too. But uh, so, so a couple of years ago, we do, we do a Christmas Eve offering every year where we take up an offering, we give it away to two ministries, give 100% away. We didn't have an international thing going on. So I've been really praying about that, talking to our outreach team, our leadership team. And Haiti just kept coming to my heart. I'd been to Haiti before with my former church, and there's a whole network of churches in Charlotte that support this one place in Haiti, Bayonne. It's in the northern part of Haiti. They have a school there, a couple thousand students. It's a Christian church there. They've built a medical clinic. They provide clean water for their community. So they're transforming their community, and, and the churches in Charlotte help fund that. So I reached out to one of my friends, and we talked about that. He's still involved, and he, he's with Rotary International. And so long story short, we took up the Christmas Eve offering to, to create clean water projects in Haiti. And this congregation was so incredibly generous. And so uh, we did that in 2017. In 2018, we sent our first trip down. Melissa and her fiancé, Hal, went down on, on, as representatives of our church. And so they made the first connection, and then we took a 
full team back this year. And so that's kind of where we came from. But Melissa, you might want to say a few words. We got some pictures of our friends there just about yeah, Why are we there? There's pictures of our friends up there that you can see. Um, for me, when I came to this church five years ago, I um, know I was aware of the mission trip that was um, existing, and then it went away. I thought, I'm going to do a mission trip, and then that trip went away, and I thought, okay, what now? Um, and then Haiti came up <clears throat> on the calendar, and I'm like, I want to do that. And so I, I literally said to Hal, I'm going are you, you coming? And he was like, yeah, oh, we're, we're going to Haiti. So we went to Haiti the first time, and it was an amazing experience, and I'm so thankful that we were able to go and be a part of that. And I love how you're characterizing it about, there are some friends we have on the screen, right? And that's, so some of it is, we've chosen to partner with this organization, and a number of different places here have that we have friends, partner with these organizations in Haiti that I know they do a lot of different things, right? They, they run a school, they have medical clinics, and so we get to partner with friends. Melissa and others have gone down to partner with them and say, hey, what do you need? How can we help sort of add to this organization? And I know that one of the things we've been doing has to do with, with water projects, right? Tell us more about it. So we are involved right now in two main water projects that we visited in this year, earlier this year. The first is Zeranger. Hey, how like my French there? That's pretty good, right? That's, That's pretty good. I don't know. Nobody has to, to, to correct him if it's wrong, but it sounded pretty exactly. good to me. Exactly. did it right. Just act like you know what you're doing. So, uh, no, it's, uh, it's this uh, village in Haiti, and we've got a couple of pictures of that. They don't have clean water, and the water that they have, they have to hike down this hill to get it. They've got some blind residents who know every nook and cranny to get down there. There's a, there's a school there, uh, but the water's not clean, and so the people just are not healthy. And so Melissa's first trip saw that, kind of really broke, broke her heart, broke Hal's heart. And so we're grateful to go back this year to see that that's where we're funding a new water supply. We've got a picture of that. It's a little, like, hut for the clean water. And so that that is the first project that we want to share with you. Why don't you say about the second one? So the second place that we went was a village called Kapiti, and I'm not exaggerating when I say the need is great in this area of Haiti. Um, it is a community, the, I mean, we're in the mountains anyway, but it's a community that was in the mountains, and the nearest water source was about a mile and a half down the hill, a very rocky, rugged hill. The water pump is broken. So they found basically a fissure in the earth that they were able to scoop a bowl of water and very methodically fill a five-gallon bucket up. And then you take the five-gallon bucket and you have to hike a mile and a half back up the mountain. And so being able to help out with this area of Bayonet are the rest of what's left over from that uh, Christmas Eve offering will more than halfway fund this project. It's almost approved. It's in the last stages right now. It's at Rotary International. And so when we go back next year, we're very hopeful that we will see clean water in that village. I love it. Because what you're hearing too is, Melissa, you're talking about being a pioneer and saying, these are our friends. They have a need. We find out that the need pertains to water. And now you hear going into all these details like an engineer might, right, about how to handle water issues. I know nothing about building a well, but... But we do this because they're our friends and they've got a need. And when you build relationships, and this is what we're doing, we go and we build relationships and our friends need something and we get in there to help. And so we pioneer, We, you know, Melissa and others, they go ahead, or the rest of us, 
and we're able to really contribute in a cool way. And all the money that we've collected here over the years that we send down there is done in a really practical way to help people who are doing great work at a school and a medical clinic. And what do they need? Sometimes they just need water is what you're telling me. They need water to do their jobs and to serve people. And this is one of the ways um, that we help. So let's talk about more about you going. So you've gone as a pioneer ahead, gone to work out some of these projects. Tell me about a typical day when, you've, when you spend down, or let's say folks here decide that God's leading them to want to take one of these trips at some point. What would it look like, a typical day on one of these trips? You want to go first? Yeah, we, uh, this is fun. Uh, we've got some pictures. You just want to scroll through those, uh, Malin, while we talk. So in Haiti, we're in, we're the, where the church is, where the school is, all that kind of stuff. There's a guest house where, where we're hosted. We get up in the morning with the roosters, right? No electricity. Like you're waking up uh, when the sunlight comes out and the, and the roosters are crowing. Pastor Kyle gets up so, uh, so early, he wakes up the roosters. It's That's time, true. people. I am. I'm a morning person, so I'm loving it. Or my wife would hate that, but I love it. And uh, so we're up. Uh, they feed us uh, uh, breakfast. Uh, they... They really feed us too well. I mean, we really like feel guilty because the way that they make us feel so well, three meals a day. And, but anyway, uh, so we usually have one major thing that we're going to do in the day. And when we were there, we would go out to sites to see for water projects. We saw these two sites. We go about you know, one or two sites a, a day. And that's a hard trip because you're on a school bus. You're on these rocky roads kind of stuff, but it's an adventure. And, but you get to meet all these new people and see how the progress is going. Uh, and, and then the rest of the time, we're back in the community where the church is. And so uh, there's a couple thousand students there. So when they're you know, between breaks of classes or after school, we're playing soccer with them. We took a, an American football, uh, teaching them how to do the hand slap game kind of a thing. Uh, we're eating mangoes. Uh, they walk us through the village to see some of the residents who were there. And so it, it's a very relational time. Then at night, uh, we usually play like dominoes is like they're like, like extremely competitive. Yeah. So it's not like not, Kyle didn't win. Not, you know, no, they, 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 they know like my, what's in my hand. And like, they know five plays from now what I'm going to do. So it's why am I even playing? Right? They said they can read our minds, but there's a lot of trash talking, a lot of fun, kind of like Duke Carolina kind of things. And congratulations. This is where we specialize at South Park Church in trash talk. Yes. We're good at that. So, uh, <laughs> But it's mostly, you know, it's, it's building these relationships. What else did I leave out, Melissa? Well, for me, the most important thing that we do in Bionate is build relationships. I feel like we, having been twice now, we have um, fostered a family. Basically, we've cultured a relationship of family with, um, with the people in Bionate. And, you know, Hal and I are committed to go back year after year because it's something that's important to us. I brought my daughter. I brought my father. Um, and so for me, that's... I don't think you can say any more than that, that this is an important place to us. Yeah, and so what I love about what you're saying, too, is not just what you're saying, but what you're doing. So you go, you check it out, it's a little uncomfortable, you go again, and you bring your friends, right? Which is what the, what, this is what the gospel is about, us going, us seeing a need and saying, hey, you know what, this is so cool, I want other people to come with me. So, and this is what we are for each other. We all have these cool ideas, things we experience, and what do we do? We bring our friends, and then we find out when we're with our friends, what do they need? How can we help? Um, one of the things, though, when we talk about going to a place like Haiti, right, it is super poor. In a lot of ways, the culture is very different from ours. The language is very different, different lived experiences. And so there can be a little bit of culture shock, as there can be in any place where you're engaging with a different culture. There can be at a place like us traveling somewhere like Haiti. How have you navigated things like that? For me, the first trip that we went to Haiti, um, 
God opened my eyes to the fact that the world is not like it is here for me. Like, it's different for different people. And so the second time we went to Haiti, God broke my heart. Because you do see, you can't even get your head around what you see. When the first trip we went, going from the airport to the bus is, you know, a little bit of an activity to get to that point. And then driving through Port-au-Prince, which is a very populated, very densely populated, um, poverty-stricken community, I looked at Hal and I'm like, I'm one and done. Like, I, I don't think I can do this. My heart, I can't. But then you get to Bayonne, where we have relationships, again, with people, and I can put names on faces of all of those people, and to be able to be with those people is the the value in it. You see past poverty, you see past the lack of shoes, and you say, how can I help? We brought soccer balls. I mean, we were rock stars this year with those soccer balls, and that was something that we take for granted. And so, Pastor Kyle, just from a, from a spiritual perspective, right, we face sort of un, uncomfortable situations. I feel like, you know, Kyle's sort of our chief discomfort officer here at South Park, right? He's the one leading us ahead saying, where can we take this next step that might, be, might not feel comfortable, but it might be something the Holy Spirit's leading us to do? What do you think about that? Yeah, I mean, I think as you read the Bible and you see what Jesus and the disciples did, when we follow Jesus, we're not guaranteed that we're going to be safe, and we're not guaranteed that we're going to be comfortable. You know, in America, we want to be safe, we want to be comfortable, but when we follow Jesus, like, he pushes us out of our comfort zones. But if you think about it, that, he did that by example. So theologically, biblically, we are incarnational people, mm-hmm. which means that God became flesh. God left heaven and became one of us. Right? He still was God, but he was also human in the form of Jesus. So right, God moved into the neighborhood. God, God joined us, and so I think our theology is, our Bible is rooted in incarnational ministry. And so a big part of what we do in Haiti, obviously the water is, is very important, and we're, we're transforming lives through that, but uh, the most important part is the relationship. So we have a ministry of presence, mm-hmm. right? not like Christmas presence, but like presence of being with people. And so you know, when you go to Haiti, it is a learning curve. There's a different language, different culture, all that sort of thing. But what I've, I've discovered in my trips there is, is when people see that you're willing to leave your country to come visit them where no one else has come to see them, they feel forgotten, they honor that ministry of presence and, and, and they open their lives to you. And so I think by going, you know, it, for those of us who are able to go, and I realize not everyone can, can make that trip, but at least we can support a church who does that. We're living into what Jesus showed us by example and what he expects of us to be good neighbors. Yeah, it's funny. One of the things that I hear in what you're saying is thinking about what's our theology of loving people. And so there can be this temptation, as we talked about with neighboring, to love people from a distance because it's easier. So one resource that's been really impactful in my life has been this book called Mountains Beyond Mountains. It's about a physician named Paul Farmer who's doing a lot of work in Haiti. And there's a quote from the book that when I read it was really impactful to me, and I just want to read it and then ask about it. So it says... The world is full of miserable places. One way of living comfortably is not to talk about them, not to think about them, or when you do, to send money. And although we know these places desperately need our money, right? There's no doubt about that, that what we pour in is extremely helpful. From our vantage point of trying to serve, there's this risk 
that we love at arm's length. There's a risk that we do that. So I'd love to get your responses as we think about this as a community, really a family conversation. How do we love people and navigate doing that without keeping people at arm's length? You want to go? I mean, <laughs> I get to do it for us. Good. Um, I think, again, it's, if we take Scripture seriously, we have to step out of our comfort zone. We find out kind of like what we said in, in the video today, is that people are people wherever you go in the world. And so when we establish those relationships with people, it, it helps to break down those barriers. Mm. And, but it, it's, it can be scary. It can push us out of our comfort zones. Going to another country, that's a big deal. Uh, going to a developing country, that, that's a big deal. Mm. Uh, but I think that it brings Jesus lots of joy. It's brought us a lot of joy. We, we took our children down. And so we wanted them to experience that. And so as a, as a congregation that we support going to another country, going outside of our comfort zones. I mean, I think that's faithful. Well, I I think that's great. Melissa, do you want to add anything to that about your experience? Sort of, you've talked about this firsthand about you building these relationships and intentionally letting it break your heart. Yeah. I I mean, I I won't kid. The money is extremely valuable. Um, Not only to fund the water projects, but help others who can't afford to go to sponsor people to actually go and grow. I love that phrase. I think that's so meaningful. Um, But I do think that being there and being on the ground and letting the Holy Spirit work within you and be a part of who you are and not only to minister to the people in Bayonne, but their ministry on us is crazy awesome. Like, it's just powerful. Yeah, and to me, so that's something we haven't talked about a lot, but I think is so important. What you're saying is you've gone, you've encountered something new. The Holy Spirit is doing something new just through this experience, and it's changed your perspective. It's changed how you think about things. So as we think about how it's changing how we live here, right? So we go, we support other people to go on these sorts of trips, and our hope is that God is going to do something cool with them when they're there, and God is faithful to do it. And so as you think about engaging with cultural differences or engaging with the poor, engaging with things that are just, you know, less comfortable here. How has it changed your perspective on that here coming back? I think that um, being uncomfortable, like I am right now, um, is is a way to grow. You don't take anything in new if you're not trying new experiences. And so Going to Bayonne has taken my faith to a new level. It's taken my value and my relationships to a new level because you can't take all this other stuff with you. But building real relationships, which is you know, one of the, was on the wall at the old church, that's, that's who we are. That's what life, living life to the full means is real relationships. And so I have a better value on my family, family um, for those around me. I just see more. I think we overcomplicate it. We have been to Bayonne. I've been twice now, and I see them joyful and living life to the full every single day, and they don't have anything. And so for me, family and relationships, my, 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 my worldly family, my church family, my Haitian family, that's what it's about for me. And Pastor Kyle, for, for you having the responsibility to teach us and to think about these things, when we see poverty and we think about so often we look and see something in the outside and then we make a judgment about what that means for the inside, and we, we know we're not supposed to do that, but how should we be thinking about that? 
Well, I think for me is understanding that there's different types of poverty. So there's definitely material poverty in Haiti. There's material poverty in Charlotte. Not really much in South Park, but there, are, there is in Charlotte. But there's also emotional poverty. There's spiritual poverty. Uh, there's relational poverty that all of us have. When we have broken relationships in our families, with our friends, family stress, all that sort of thing. And so we all have poverty in our lives. It's, it's just different types. And so... You know, our, our whole neighboring thing we, we talked about in the last few weeks is that, you know, people in South Park need Jesus. People in North Carolina need Jesus. People in Haiti need Jesus. But, you know, the neat thing is we went to Haiti and we found out Jesus was already there. You know, it, it, it's not the American's job to bring Jesus to Haiti. He, Jesus is there. It, it, it's to get our minds around where we wrestle with poverty in the world. And so, obviously, uh, another thing that, you know, I wrestle with personally is the scripture that talks about in the Gospels. To those who've been given much, much is expected. I'm an American. Uh, I live in this country, the greatest country in the world, and being born in America, we have privilege. Even the poorest of the poor in our country have it much better than the rest of the world. Not saying that they have it easy at all, but in my life, I live a comfortable life. I, I, I have so much compared to the rest of the world that lives off less than $2 a, a, a day. So, I mean, $900 a year, most of us spend more of that on Christmas presents. And so, in my life, you know, what do I owe God when... when he says, you've been given a lot. What are you doing with that? So in my personal spending, you know, do I really need another coat when I have five in my closet that I don't wear? Do my kids need another Lego set when we have ten at home that are not being played with? And, you know, a Lego set could probably feed a family in Haiti for a few days. And so I'm mean, not trying to guilt anyone. It's just something I wrestle with. Why was I born in America? Why was someone born in Haiti? I don't think God, you know, is like, I want you to be here or there. Um, but those things I think we're supposed to wrestle with as Christians. And we've been given a lot in America. How are we using those resources? Are we creating stress in our lives that really doesn't need to exist? Um, we have a lot of stuff and taking care of a lot of stuff. You've got to insure it. You've got to store it. You gotta, you, I mean, we sometimes overcomplicate it. So I wrestle with that. I mean, I think that's great. I know we've got a few photos. It's just sort of a representative of sometimes what we see, what folks like Melissa and Pastor Kyle see as they go down, their families, and see this sort of poverty and, and realize that, you know, as we build friendships, we learn so much more about how people really live. When we're talking about the, how the people in Haiti, one thing that struck me as you're talking about it, how they are providing you food to feed you better than a lot of people there would might eat because they're saying, you're our friends. We're caring about you. We're serving you. Um, that sort of attitude to me is one that is really powerful to learn from, right? To think about how people treat us as their guests, and try to serve us. Um, there's so much, as, as we looked at these photos, there's so much that can make us uncomfortable. There's so much that can stretch our faith. And I, I'd love to talk just sort of on a personal level for you all and for Pastor Kyle about leading the church, just what, how these experiences have helped us grow in our faith. Again, I would say, first of all, that Jesus is everywhere, and Jesus is alive and well. And Haiti just says Jesus is alive and well here. Um, it also gives me a lot of hope that we can establish relationships with people in Haiti, we can minister to them, and we can be ministered to in return. And so I think that whole neighboring thing is true, and it's international. And so I think, I think Jesus just loves it when, when we love on each other. Mm. And Melissa, you've, you've told some really powerful things already about God 
breaking your heart and about God doing something different. Can you just tell us more about that? Because I feel like that is so powerful. It's such a powerful representation of someone, Melissa, just like any of us who said, I'll do this. I'll get on a plane. I'll try this thing out. The first time you got there and you said, mistake, didn't go, right? Right. And then, and then after being there, you said, no, actually God did something in your heart that's really powerful. Can you tell us about sort of that, that heart change you've experienced? Yeah, I, I think that it's, um, I can't quite put it into words. I'm not as good as these guys. You're doing um, great. With, with how to say things, but being there, being present, it's such a simple thing that we sometimes overlook and it means more than I can possibly express to the people in BNA. And I, I think in, there's a lot of communities all over the world that need, um, that have needs and that are, feel forgotten. Um, but I love that we are building a relationship with this community and we're making a difference every time we go. I mean, it's been a great joy to be part of the team that helps make these, these trips happen. And so um, being able to go with my pastor and with my fiance and with my daughter and his daughter and my father, I thought it was so cool the first time. I want everybody to come. I mean, I, I think that there's opportunity for everyone to be involved in Haiti in some way, whether it's praying, whether it's sponsoring, whether it's coming along. Like my dad's almost 70 and you know, has a really bad knee, and so he didn't do everything that we did, but he stayed and loved on the kids when we were doing more strenuous hikes and things like that. So there's an opportunity for, for everyone, despite the circumstances, to be a part of something bigger than themselves. I love it. At the size of South Park Church, we could probably charter a plane. We could all go together. No one's left out. I mean, I feel like there's something really powerful about what you're saying because you're someone like, again, just like us, who's gone and your, your love for this is infectious. And all it is is love for your friends, which we all say we do this. We all have family. We have friends we really care about. And what you're doing is you're, you're growing that circle. So in the same way that we've got a circle here in this community, we grow the circle to include anybody who wants to be in, right? Anybody who wants to join in, we grow that circle. And this is a way to sort of grow the circle. And that's discomfort, stretching. But what you're doing in your life, it's inspiring to me. Yeah, I'm a normal person. I don't know anything about engineering, about drilling wells, but I know how to love people. And I know the value of relationships. And I... I it's just, it was, it's an amazing experience, not only to go, but to also share it with my family. So, so we've got the list on our fridge. We've spent an hour in the front yard. We're all going to Haiti. When do we go? When do we leave? So our next trip is planned for April 22nd through the 27th of next year. It's on hold right now because there is some political challenges happening in the country of Haiti, unfortunately. Um, but we are persistent, and that is still on the books, and we're going to play it by ear and see what happens. But it is definitely on our heart to go year after year. So That's right. So Haiti's suffering a lot of sort of very specific sort of political trouble right now. Pastor Kyle, I know you're regularly talking to ministry leaders and other folks about the conditions, and Melissa, you are too. Tell us more about that, and as a church, sort of what we're looking for and, and how we can help in the meantime, all that. So there's a fuel shortage in Haiti right now. Uh, Haiti receives a lot of uh, subsidies from other national governments to help them get fuel into the country. Again, 20% of the people don't have electricity, so they have a lot of these diesels. Uh, generators, they have cars, and, and, uh, and so uh, there's been allegations that the government of Haiti has mishandled that money, and so now Haiti's in debt, 130-some million dollars to other countries. And so the fuel is drying up, and so people can't get around in Haiti. Jobs 
you can't get to your job, businesses are closing, public services are closing, uh, can't get money out of the bank, even though you have money, there, there's no food to buy because it's not being shipped in, uh, there's no water, and so uh, it's getting pretty desperate in Haiti, especially in the cities now, in Bayonne, where our, our ministry is. Uh, it's, a, it's, it's a little bit behind that, and so the school's still open that, that we sponsor. The church is still going, uh, but, but there's stress there, and so uh, our brothers and sisters now need us more than ever, uh, and so uh, I think there are a few things we're going to talk about in just a minute about what we can do, but that's kind of the, the political situation right now, so let's just kind of give you an update of, of where that is. So we've got, a, we've got a trip. We've got it on the calendar for April because God can do amazing things, and we want to go back and help. We know our friends are there. Our friends are communicating with us. We know they'd love to have our help. We want to do it. We'll be wise, right, about making those choices, but we want to go. But in the meantime, in the meantime, and as we think about this, how, how can we help? I mean, what we've talked about, there are lots of places in the world we can help, but there's something really powerful about a community of people gathering together and saying, we're going to do this thing together, right? Gathering in a circle, we're going to do it together. So how can we help? So first of all, I'd say everyone can help Haiti. There, there are lots of options for all of us to plug in. We, we can't all make the trip, but a lot of us could. But there's, there's several ways to, to help Haiti. And so we're going to give out a list and just invite people to find one or two that they can attach. And so one thing that Melissa and I do, our families do, is we can sponsor a student in the school. Uh, and that's through a group called World of God. It's $40 a month. Uh, and that allows the child to go to school uh, and also to get a hot meal every day, probably the only hot meal that they'll get. Uh, they'll be, have access to the church there. They'll have access to being taught about Christ. And so that's helping one person one-on-one. We can't solve the problems of Haiti ourselves, but to help one person is immense. And that's the money and the food and all the stuff that's kept the school open longer than the rest of Haiti, the other schools that are shutting down. So that's a one-on-one thing. The World of God people are here today in our lobby, uh, and they'd be glad to talk to you, uh, even if you're just thinking about it. It's not a high sales kind of pressure or anything, but if someone's interested, they could check that out. And I know you said this is an organization that not only do we sponsor children through, but a lot of other communities throughout Charlotte do as well. And so this is a community that, that folks have really checked out financially and said, if we invest here, is this going to be a good investment? Are we going to make sure these kids get what they need? And a lot of different communities around here have specifically said, this is a great organization. So that's one place we can check on the way out. Absolutely. And we correspond with them. We can send emails, uh, letters. They'll translate them to Creole and back and forth or write a handwritten letter. Um, the church and school have solar power, and so they're able to use that to get Internet to have access. The leaders can, not everyone, but, but we get those messages. So we have a personal connection. A lot of kids are on uh, Facebook. We, we Facebook with them, that sort of thing. Other things that we can do as a congregation, uh, obviously, you can go on the trip with us. We'd love to talk to you about that, and we're very optimistic that we'll be going back in April. So we'd love to see you, or, and we'll have more when we get closer to that. Uh, you can do research on Haiti. You know, Haiti's in a tough time right now. We don't see a lot of it in American news, but you can find it if you look for it on the New York Times. Uh, the Miami Herald's done some stuff. Uh, and so, you know, just look up what's going on in Haiti. Talk to people about that. Just, you know, awareness is a, is a really big deal. And so, and, you know, a very powerful thing that we believe in, obviously, is prayer. And so today we invite you to stop out in the table, uh, out in the lobby. We've got two things that can remind you to say some prayers for Haiti. One is a magnet. 
uh, and it's a picture of the children at the clean water station that we're helping to provide. And so you can put that on your refrigerator, maybe near where the water comes out. Uh, and so whenever you see that, just pray for our ministry and the people of Haiti. And we have a little water drop. It's a sticker. You can put that on your water bottle. You can put it on your laptop or wherever. Just again, whenever you see these things, it'll be a trigger to pray uh, for the people of Haiti and, and the ones that we're connected to. Um, also, if you felt led to you know, give money to this ministry through our church, it could help, uh, you know, again, sponsor children. It could help people go on the next trip. So a lot of different ways. But I th- you know, think what God calls us to do is to figure out What's God calling me to do? And what's that next step for me? These, there's something in here for everyone. And so we all can make a difference in Haiti. You know, God has led our church to kind of select that as our current international mission. And so we really want to all be invested in that at whatever level God's calling us to do. Yeah, and one thing that I love, and, and maybe ask Melissa again just about what I've heard, is that we've got people in this community who have shown us how this works how it works to go from one step to another step and not, not worrying about the end. So if this is the first time you've heard about Haiti, maybe you won't buy a plane ticket today. Maybe you will. I could guide you to some websites to do that. But, but even if you don't buy a plane ticket today, we can take the next step. All of us can take the next step of whatever God is calling us to do. And having things like these magnets are things that put a visual reminder. So, uh, Melissa, I just want to ask you just... just as you think about encouraging people to take the next step, like Pastor Kyle's talking about, how do you want to encourage them? I think our trip this past uh, visit is a great indicator. We had 11-year-old to an almost 70-year-old. Anybody can go to Haiti. There's, even though it, there, is some, there are some physical components of the trip, if you can't hike a mountain, you don't have to. There's so many kids that will play and love on you and enjoy your company. There's so much that you can do. So I think that if you have questions, come find me, ask me, email me. I'm happy. I will talk Haiti all day long. I love what we're doing there, and I love the relationships that we're building. Um, There's just so many good things coming out of it that you can't fix everything, but we have found this community, and we've fallen in love with this community. So I think that as a congregation, and I didn't know, but Charlotte supports BNA. A lot of other churches in our denomination and out of our denomination are involved in BNA. So my first night, the first time I went to Haiti, I'm sitting in, laying in my bunk bed, and I look up, and I see church names that I know. One of them was my father's church. Is this graffiti? <laughs> Which churches were the worst at graffiti? I found his initials on a bunk bed. <laughs> <laughs> I did build those bunk beds. <laughs> But what you're saying, and I love, I love this. I love having people in our community who are pioneers and who can encourage us because all of us want to take the next step in our faith. And sometimes we need someone around us to nudge us and to encourage us and to help us be brave with each other. And I'm really grateful for that, being pretty new to this community, to have that. People who encourage me take the next step in my faith and to have something that Pastor Kyle really values and promotes, not just being about Haiti, but about us as a community taking these steps and sort of living out our faith and living life to the full. Um, Well, this has been a great opportunity. I hope as our conversation with friends, this is a big circle of friends and we're trying to grow it more, not so we can be more people, but so that more people can experience the friendship that is having these real kinds of conversations. And Pastor Kyle, I'll give you the last word and allow you to pray for us. 
Well, I just want to thank Ryan and Melissa for being up here. Uh, thank you as a church for being so generous and sending us down to Haiti uh, and, and the gifts that we gave for the clean water are just tremendous. And so I think our heart's in the right places. Uh, again, if you can ride a bus and a plane, you can go to Haiti. You just have to be able to ride them. Uh, <laughs> but uh, if, if, if it's not yet your time to do that, there's a lot that we can do. Uh, everyone uh, can help Haiti.